Welcome to the Antioch Ann Arbor podcast. Our desire is to bring freedom and strength to you in your relationship with God, your family, and others. I'm your host, Ted Peabody, Associate Pastor of Antioch Ann Arbor. In each episode, I chat with someone who can give us insight and pass on their wisdom on our selected topic. This episode is focused on processing grief and loss with God. I am joined today by Jody Peabody. Jody is a speech therapist. She's the listening prayer ministry director for Antioch Ann Arbor and a homeschooling mom to six kids between the ages of two and 16. Jody is going to share with us today on the topic of processing grief and loss with God. Stay tuned for the episode. Hey, Jody. Uh, thanks for joining me as we talk through processing grief and loss with God. Um, you know, for those of you that don't know us, uh, Jody and I are married. We've been married for 20 years. And one of Jody's passions is helping people find freedom. And one of the tools that we use in that is that she leads out in our listening prayer ministry at Antioch Ann Arbor. And so she's going to join us today and talk us through um, some some processing tools for processing grief and loss with God. So Jody, um, you know, the last six months, our family um, has had a really difficult time. Uh, could you just take us into the story? Um, just tell a short story about what has happened in our family over the last six months. Yeah. Okay. So um, first hello, Hello, everybody. Um, I'm excited to do this. Um, talk with you guys because it is a very hard topic and a very important topic um so I'm ready to jump in but uh in October uh we were just having our normal fun Friday picking apples in an orchard and I get a phone call from my dad and he tells me that my mom is in emergency room um not a big deal blah 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 um long story short we end up I felt like I just need to go see her. She lives in Texas, so it's a quite a drive. But I took my oldest son, and I thought, I'll go help her. She's going to have a heart surgery. That's routine, usual thing. I'm going to help her when she gets home um, with her house cleaning and everything. So Everett and I headed that way. And the second day on our journey, I got a call from my sister that said they found a bleed in my mom's stomach um, from a reaction, a very rare reaction to the blood thinners that they had put her on for the heart condition. Um, And so by the time I got to the hospital, my mom was in an extreme amount of pain, um, was not making a lot of sense. She knew I was there. She knew Everett was there. um, But she didn't really know much else of what was going on because she was in so much pain. When they tried to go in and um, stop the bleeding and she crashed and nearly died. So they put a tube in her throat to help her breathe, um, to keep her alive. And in the course of the next week, she just continued to decline and there would be hope and then not hope and then hope and not hope. And finally, um, on Tuesday night, October 14th, she, uh, was taken off of the machines and went to be with Jesus. Um, do you want me to keep going or you have a question? I was just going to say, what, what did that feel like? What was the, I mean, I know that there's so much depth to that, but 
what was the immediate um, feeling of loss in that moment? I think for me, I mean, obviously, you don't expect to lose your mom when you're only 40. Um, all of her family, her parents, her grandparents all lived late into their 90s. And so I had a, a loss of expectation. I think that my expectation was that she would live into her 90s, that she would see my kids get married, that she would meet her great grandkids. And it was like all of a sudden she was ripped from us in a very sudden and tragic way to die. And it was a very hard I'm a strong believer that God can physically heal people and that he does physically heal people. And that is what we were praying for. And so it didn't happen. So that was a very hard and disappointing thing to process. Yeah. All right. So you keep on, keep telling the story. Okay. So uh, my mom was the main caretaker for her younger brother who had, um, mental retardation. It was not Down syndrome, but he had had an accident at birth. And so he was about the capacity of a, about a 10 year old, um, by the time at this time, very slow progress toward maturing. And she was his main caretaker. And I remember right after she died, he was in the room with us and he was very panicked because she was the one person who took care of him. And so his questions were, who's going to take care of me? Um, but in a roundabout kind of funny way, because he, he, who's going to pay my cell phone bill was his main question. But I knew that that question interpreting was, I am, no one's going to take care of me. Who am, who am I belonging to now? And so I helped him through that week of her funeral and getting ready for things and just helped him process and understand that he was going to be cared for by our family, that my dad still loved him, um, all that stuff. And came home um, about a week, I guess it was, we came home at the end. Oh, I'm sorry, babe. I completely, why don't you go into telling about your granddad? Because I completely skipped that part. So Jody's mom died on the, on the Tuesday. uh, And then on uh, Thursday of that same week, got a message from my uh, parents that said my my dad's dad my grandfather was uh, declining rapidly and was not doing uh, was not doing well he was he was admitted into a nursing home that week um, and was was a really rapid decline and so um, Thursday evening got this message by Friday um, Friday late morning um, he too uh, went to be with Jesus and uh, so was was not nearly as shocking um, as as Jody's mom's passing um, because he was he was in his um, 90s he was um, he was not uh, he had had about a year of slow decline in health so it wasn't a shock, but it was still a loss. You know, it was still hard. Um, it, it's it, it's one of those situations where um, if we compare losses, then we can uh, minimize the pain that you feel um, by, you know, by, by comparison, my grandfather's passing away 
versus Jody's mom's passing away. Um, very different situations. One was a completely unexpected shock. One was not unexpected at all. Um, so, but there were still both losses. There was still loss and grief involved with both of those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, in these moments, you know, we, we need to make sure we're not comparing my grief and loss to someone else's grief and loss. And the reality is for, for our family, um, Jody and I have been married for over 20 years. Um, so hers, her mother's loss was as much my loss as it was her loss. And my grandfather dying was, was as much of a loss for Jody as it was for me. Um, so Jody continued the story though. Okay. So because, um, Ted's granddad passed away, we were in, in Texas for two funerals, um, got back to Michigan, um, beginning of November, and then um, the week uh, right before Thanksgiving, my dad called that morning to tell us that he had found my uncle, the one my mom had been caring for, that he had found him dead that morning. Um, and so that hit me like a ton of bricks really hard because it was just such a unexpected. He was in his 50s, you know, and... Um, his concern for not being cared for all of that, you know, we had just taken such painstaking attempts to let him know that we were going to care for him. I remember even thinking, okay, who's going to take care of Brad when my dad passes away? Because this is just going to be a responsibility. One of us is going to have to take. And then all of a sudden he's ripped from our life. Also soon, soon after my mom died, not even a month after my mom died. Yeah. Um, so I ended up flying to Texas. The, the, two days before Thanksgiving to attend yet another family funeral. Um, and so that was just really hard. Um, holidays this year were a struggle and not the festive lightheartedness that usually accompanies holidays for me. Um, and then a quick note on that is then, then in February, I, was very sick with like flu-like symptoms. I didn't have the flu though, but it was literally from the end of January till the last day of February, I was very sick. And just that, just being sick can cause you to feel like loss and grief for things because you just don't feel like you can do anything well. Um, So anyway, I found out we had, I found out I had pneumonia and thank the Lord for antibiotics because I finally was able to get over that right when the COVID stuff hit. So then (laughs) now we're in quarantine and people are dying and there's a lot of other tragic things happening around us. So it's been, it's been a rough six months. Yeah. So um, we have also had other times during our, our life where we've had uh, moments where grief and loss um, have happened. We've had a, a f- some miscarriages um, later in the pregnancy and experienced those things um, years ago. And um, so I, I, I want to let our listeners know, like this experience of the past six months is still really raw, um, still really emotionally um, on the surface. Um, 
and we're still in, actually still in the process of dealing uh, dealing with this grief and loss with God. Um, just want to want to help you guys understand where we're at with this, and, and we're not saying that um, six months later that we're just fine mm-hmm. um, with with all of this, and that we've processed everything with God. That this is a process. Mm-hmm. Um, so, our um, taking you back to the we had a couple of uh, late or later term miscarriages um, about four uh, about five years ago now. And, uh, and so five years later, still there's moments where there's still some grief that rises up from the loss of those children. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't want to minimize the process part of this as we're talking through what we're doing uh, to process our, our grief and loss with God. Um, to understand for you guys that, that this is going to be for any grief, for any loss, with, um, it's, it's a process with God that takes time. Yes. And we're, we're not fully healed from this um, experience. So we're going to, we're going to now shift a bit in our next segment and, uh, and talk through some other things in the midst of this. Um, Okay, so Jody, we're we're now gonna shift a bit, uh, and you know I know our listeners may be saying some of our listeners may be saying, you know I've never experienced the death of a child or the death of a parent. Uh, my my loss, my the thing that I am I'm feeling grief over, isn't as big or isn't as important as those things. So what would you say to a person who has that thought? I think the first thing I would say is that um, everybody experiences grief um, in life. Like you can't, you cannot go through life unscathed. You can't go through life without feeling disappointment and grief um, for things. And some things are bigger, like a death of a loved one is definitely a more glaring grief. But sometimes the littler griefs are the harder ones to identify and are the harder ones to get to get over because we, we don't allow ourselves to grieve because we say we belittle the situation. Um, and I just think about you know, Psalms 34, 18, you know, says the Lord is, um, near to the brokenhearted. Um, and he, ooh, sorry. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. And so I think, you know, God doesn't, doesn't put a value on, your level of grief. Like he doesn't say, well, this person has a harder thing, so I'm going to comfort them more. Um, he comforts anybody who's, who's grieving. And even like little kids, like as a kid, you know, you grieved that you didn't get the Lego set you wanted. And to us as adults, we're like, oh, that's so immature and unnecessary. But to that kid, it is a big grief. So I, I just always want to tell people like wherever you are or whatever you're grieving, it's important to God because it's important to you. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Um, so during this COVID-19 time, you know, we are all missing out on many things. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all, we're all losing something. Um, some of those things 
could have potentially been planned for years. You know, we have friends who have their weddings planned in the coming weeks, um, graduations for high school and college students, um, things that they've been working for for their whole life seemingly mm-hmm. are, are, um, are going away. So how do we grieve these things in a healthy way so that bitterness doesn't inch in? Right. And I, and I just want to say too, like for us, we've had two, two of our kids' birthdays have been in this sec in this time. Yeah. Um, so even little things like that, where you, 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 you're used to having friends over for things and that can even be a grief thing of like, Oh, you know, um, this feels really hard because I anticipated getting to go, like you guys were going to head to Italy for a mission trip and it didn't happen. And people worked so hard toward that trip. Um, and it didn't happen. So yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of grief in different areas. Just, yeah, it's just a, it's an interesting time right now. Um, but can you ask me the question again? (laughs) So, yeah. So uh, just thinking through, and part of this is going to be back to your mom's story. Mm -hmm. Um, how do we grieve the loss in a healthy way so that bitterness doesn't come in? Okay. Right. So, um, God is called the God of all comfort. They, he says that in Second Corinthians 1, 3. He's the God of all comfort. So he comforts us in all situations, and whether it's a big loss or a small loss like we talked about earlier. Um, I think the thing is that is, is you have to process this grief with God and not apart from God because what can happen yeah. is if you grieve apart from God, you can begin to believe lies about the grief and so we talk about in prayer ministry we talk about lie-based pain versus truth-based pain um and if you guys need a really great book i'm going to plug a book right here called wholehearted by rick and diane buescher a great book for just really learning how to turn to god in every situation for forgiveness for um, self-hatred, things like that. And in one chapter in there is about processing grief and loss, and it's very helpful um, for people. But we, in the book, it, we define lie-based pain um, as believing that God does not care, that God has abandoned me, I'm worthless, there's something wrong with me. Um, lie-based pain requires us to, to take those lies and say, okay, that's, that's not the truth. So anytime you're feeling... Um, such as with my mom, like just the idea of, okay, I prayed for her healing and God didn't do it. Therefore, God doesn't care about me. Um, that is a lie. And, and the reason I know that's a lie is because I know God's heart. Because when you read in the Bible, it says he's close to the brokenhearted. It says that he longs to comfort us, that he draws us with his loving kindness. So there's truth in the Bible. So when you're believing that God has abandoned you or that he doesn't love you or that you're worthless, that's a very clear sign that there may be some lie-based pain going on within your actual loss. Um, Truth-based pain is that there's lingering sadness. You know, there could be a loss of childhood or innocence that you were not loved, that, that the thing someone did to you was not a loving relationship. Um, it's a difficult circumstance, um, because there, it's true. These things happen. Like we don't want to ever belittle what actually happens to us in our life. 
Um, so there is truth-based pain. There is real pain that you have to work through um, in your life. And I think I really appreciate, Ted, when you said about it being a process. Because it's right. not like I went and I said, okay, I need to grieve my mom's death. And I went through this whole thing and I'm done. It's like, right. it's a layered thing. So maybe in, initially I grieved the shock of it. Um, you know, a few months later, I was looking through a book with Abigail, our youngest, and she didn't recognize my mom. And that grieved me so bad because then I said, my mom doesn't get to see me raise a daughter. Or my daughter is not right. going to get to know how awesome my mom was as a grandma. And that's a new, fresh thing I had to grieve. So yeah. it's not one and done. It's not like, okay, you're going to talk to God and then everything's great and life moves on and we don't keep grieving. Um, and I don't think that's scriptural either. So obviously if you read the Psalm, you know, David is like up and down all the time, <laughs> you know, he's like, right. I'm depressed. Yeah. God has abandoned me in the next minute. He's like, but I'll remember you're amazing and awesome. So David did the same thing of like going back and forth. So there is, there is absolutely nothing wrong with you if you've dealt with this grief and then it comes back later. Like there's nothing wrong with that. What, it, what the thing that we need to do is to remember we have to take it to God every time. Like we have to process it with God every time and not be like, I already did that once. It's like, no, this right. is a new layer of it. This is a new step of it. This is something that you need to go in further with. Um, you know, things I had to process with my mom's death, besides the like traumatic event of it, was just like last week, I think, was it, that I said to you, I was, I got home from work, I work at the hospital, and I got home from work, mm -hmm. and I mentioned that I saw some machines that my mom had had in the room, right. and I said, why didn't the doctors tell us sooner? Like, I just went off all of a sudden, right? And I was like, had no idea I was angry at the doctors. So that was a new right. level that God was like, okay, now let's work on this thing. Like, you have anger toward these doctors yeah. that you didn't realize was there because of, just buried because of all the grief. This is something I want you to, to heal. So God's going to bring, yeah. I, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, one of the things that I've seen happen in your process with your mom um, has been, you know, you called your mom a lot mm -hmm. and you talked to her about stuff, uh, good stuff, bad stuff. And so there's been moments where something really good has happened and you've been hit with grief because you can't call and share mm -hmm. that with her. And then, you know, and then when you have a hard day, um, you know, you would say, I'm going to call my mom, but now you can't. And, and so that, mm -hmm. um, that is another, I think, layer of grief that you're still, that can still be really fresh for right. you. Um, and so I think through that process, there's going to be things like that for people um, right. that, that feel like they shouldn't be fresh anymore, but right. they are. And, and so de not denying the, the freshness of that wound mm -hmm. um, is going to be a really helpful thing in this process with oh, God. Sure. Like I even had that happen this morning. Um, I took a picture of Abigail looking out the window at the snow and she was in this little dress and she looked so cute. And I used to send my mom pictures of Abigail all the time. And, and she was always, you know, the first one to comment, Oh my gosh, she's the cutest thing. Or, and I had that moment this morning where I, I said, I can't, I can't send this to her. And that made me really sad because she wasn't getting to see yeah. my daughter grow up. Um, like I had right. expected that to happen. 
And I think real quick on expectations, I think that's something that God has really shown me in this is that we all have expectations in everything. Like you, there's an expectation in every area of your life and grieving expectations is a thing we need to do. Grieving the loss of those expectations. Like I expected my mom to be in her nineties. I expected Brad to live longer than my dad. I expected to get to have a birthday party during COVID. I expected to go on vacation. You know, there's expectations that don't happen that need to be grieved also that we don't need to just push it under the rug and say, well, I shouldn't have been so positive or I shouldn't have expected that because that's, we have to live in expect in expectant hope. Like that's how we live as Christians. So we can't push that and say, no, you can't have expectant hope. We have to say, okay, that hope, that expectation was not met. How do I grieve that with God? Yeah, that's really good. Okay. So we've talked a lot about the why we need to process grief and loss with God. In our next segment, I want us to get get a little more practical. Mm -hmm. Okay, so finally, in our last few minutes here, um, again, I want to get super practical. I want you to walk us through how we practically process grief and loss with God. So what's the What's the process? Okay. So I would say the first process is to understand that to grieve. So this, I'm going to read this from wholehearted, this little paragraph, because I think it's really good. To grieve our pain and loss with God and to pour out our hearts before him may need to be repeated as layers of pain surface. Grieving apart from God gives the enemy access to accuse God because of our pain. Or we can try to avoid the pain. If we ignore our pain and don't give God the opportunity to meet us in it, it does not go away. So that's the first thing. It's like grieving in layers and grieving with God every time. And so here's the practical steps. Um, Finding time where you're alone with no distractions. Turn your phone off um, unless you want instrumental music quietly in the background. Bethel has some great instrumental worship music if you guys are into that um i am i love it some people like complete silence i think you do ted do you like complete silence so ted does complete silence i do do. soft music in the background however you feel the most peace um in the moment is the way to go so find time and it needs to be a good chunk of time um because this is this is something that's gonna it's a deep thing so good chunk of time Right. And it, it always takes longer than you think it's yes, going to. Yeah. Um, and so the first thing I would say is ask Jesus a question. And, and what I would say is it's Jesus, what do I need to grieve? What do I need to grieve? And, and quiet your heart for a minute. And so I know some people out there are like, I don't hear Jesus. I don't hear his voice. But you do because God is speaking and he says you can. So what I say is if you feel like you're not hearing, write down what you think you're hearing, write down that first impression. So when I say, Jesus, what do I need to grieve today? It would be, you need to grieve the fact that your mom can't watch your daughter grow. That would be my today's thing. Um, And then you're going to write it down, write down as much as he tells you, if this is the first time you've done it, you may be grieving lots of different things. And don't feel like God's like, you have to take care of all this at once. Like if he gives you a bunch of things, pick one, work on it this time. 
work on the next one next time. And sometimes God won't give them to you all at once. Sometimes he will give them to you in pieces as you're healing. Um, so take each one and truthfully, truthfully tell God how you feel about it. <laughs> That's harder for some of us than for others, sure. for sure. But God already knows. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. Like we can't, we can't hide it from him. We can't like make ourselves look better to him. He already knows what we're feeling. So we might, it, it's for our own good and for ourselves to tell us, tell him really how we're feeling. So I think for me, I would right now, if I'm truthfully saying how I'm feeling, I would say I'm feeling almost a, a sense of panic. I, I'm panicked, anxiety, um, just just the thought of her not getting to see my daughter grow up is it's it hurts it hurts really deeply in my heart right now. Yeah. Um, I feel uh, cheated. I feel like her life was taken faster than I needed it to be. Um, I feel that my children are cheated and that I, I don't, I feel like it's unfair that they, that they don't get to know my mom, um, that I have to try to keep her legacy going for them, that they can't just know her. Um, so I would say those things to God. Um, God is not shockable. That's the thing. Like he already, he already knew I, I felt that, um, so then the next step would be to offer all this grief and sadness to him to lift off of you and for you to carry it, for him to carry it on his body. So Jesus died on the cross to take on all of our pain, all of our sorrow, so that we don't have to carry it. So when we think about that, it says, um, cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. So when we think about casting it, like I literally will make a hand movement, like I'm, I'll put everything in a, in a, oh, a box, but it's like an imaginary box, right? I'll, yeah. I'll imagine myself saying, okay, I'm going to take the unfairness. I'm going to take the feeling of being cheated. I'm going to take the, the anxiety. I'm going to take the panic. All of that, I'm going to throw this in this box, and I'm going to literally hand it to Jesus on the cross. So I picture Jesus on the cross, and I take my box, and I literally, like, hold it up to him. Yeah, I think for just a moment, just that holy imagination process might feel silly mm -hmm. for some people. Um, but it's very powerful. Uh, when we make physical movements and, and imagine things, um, you know, the Bible talks about Jesus being on the cross. We can read that passage of scripture and imagine it. And as we're doing that, why was Jesus up there? Like Jody said, he was there so that we don't have to carry this pain anymore. So if you need help imagining that, read the passage of scripture mm -hmm. that says it. Read those things, and as you as you're reading it, picture it in your mind, and you and, and let God redeem mm -hmm. your imagination, and let God use your imagination to help you in this process right. to find freedom. Isaiah fifty three four says, "Surely our grief and pain He Himself bore, and our sorrows He carried." Yeah. It's like Ted is saying, if you need to like read that out loud to yourself and just picture Him on the cross. Yeah, I, this is this could be a whole nother topic about how Satan has stolen imagination to ruin it and try to say that it's right. not of God, which is ridiculous because we wouldn't be able to imagine if God hadn't created imagine. So I could go. That's a soapbox. Right. Let's. Yeah, we, we can do another. <laughs> now, God, uh, God is the that. one that gives us imagination. Okay, so you're imagining that you're lifting up to Him, and you can say something like, "Jesus, I yield my pain up to you, and I let you bear it for me." 
I thank you that you feel my pain. The Bible does say that, you know, Jesus felt everything. And he had a lot of grief, guys. And it says that you deserved, um, you desire to be the God of all comfort for me. And then after you've prayed that and you felt like you've really given it to him, you can say, Jesus, what do you give my heart in place of this pain? Jesus always wants to exchange the old for the new, right? The Bible says God exchanges the old for the new. So when we've taken something and we give it to Jesus, we have to get something from him. So Jesus, what is the truth of Abigail not getting to, you know, be with my mom? And I hear Jesus even just right now saying, Jody, you carry the legacy of your mom in you. Your daughter will know the faith and the trust of your mom in me because of you. So then I'm going to take that and I'm going to say, Jesus, I receive that truth that my mom's legacy is within me and that it will be passed on to Abigail. The good things that my mom had in her spiritual walk will be Abigail's because of me. And I receive that truth from you in the name of Jesus. So that's just a real simple way. And like I said, you're going to have to do it more than once. You can't do it once. It's just not, we're human and we have layers and we don't know ourselves really well. (laughs) So, so it's just, that's, that's the practicals of it. And it could be that you have to do it every day. And it could be that you have to repeat some of the same things you've already let go of because we can, we can take things back pretty easy. Wow. Thank you. Um, Thank you, Jody, for walking us through that. Thanks for taking time to help help us out. Thanks for sharing so deeply about your mom and your your experience there. And listeners, thank you for joining us um, today and listening. Um, I hope that God will use this to help you find freedom in the area of yeah. grief and loss. Join us next time as we continue to find freedom and strength in our relationships with God, family, and others. I am Ted Peabody, your host, and I'll talk to you next time.